As we prepare for God's word, on September the 12th, we began a brand new series of messages simply entitled, Just One Word. The assignment, the purpose of this series was to share one word a week as our subject and to concentrate, to think, to ask God to allow that word to bless you all week. Since the 12th, we've shared the word empowered. We've shared the word thankful. We shared the word confident. <clears throat> Talked about the word blessed. We shared the word perseverance and the word purpose. We shared the word choices. Last Sunday, our youth pastor, Pastor Antoine, shared the word fearless. And here we are now, the ninth week of this series, with the ninth word. Somebody say just one word, Lord. One word God wants you to think about for this week. The text for today's message is found in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. And we've chosen the New Living Translation as the version that we shall read today. Hear the reading of God's holy word. Verse 3 of Isaiah chapter 26, the New Living Translation. And it reads, you will keep in perfect peace. Ooh. Ah. All who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And we ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. Before you sit down, I need you to just bless this one word in the atmosphere. Someone lift your voices and say, peace. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Is there anything more valuable than peace? Someone help me say it again. Peace. 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 Listen, one of the things that I have come to realize in the years that I have prided myself or been really good at becoming a student of human behavior. I remember the late Dr. Ladder Thomas, my professor at Benedict College, iconic pastor of First, Second Calvary Baptist Church, says if you don't study anything in life, study human behavior. Human behavior would not only show you how people have act, but it would demonstrate how they will act in the future. The one thing that I will confess that I have come to discover and learn about human behavior is this, that most people that I've observed seem to be a lot happier and a lot healthier, and their lives appear 
to be a lot more enjoyable when they seem to have a sense of inner peace. Peace matters. Can I preach this this morning? Most people seem to be happier. And I'm not hopefully being presumptuous. But they seem to be even healthier, even when they do have health challenges. Seem to enjoy life a lot more when there is a sense of inner peace. Listen, I said to the congregation this morning at the 8 o'clock service, that is why it is so important that we do not allow anyone or anything to hijack or steal your peace. Think about that. Do not allow any situation. Do not allow any failed relationship. Do not allow anyone who come in and out of your life to steal your peace. They may walk away with your money, <laughs> but they can't have your peace. Who am I preaching to? Listen, the late Mahatma Gandhi, and I love this historical figure. Mahatma Gandhi, one of my favorite people to quote because of the wholesome life that he lived, was quoted as saying this, and I share with you. Each one has to find his peace from within. Can I tell you something? Other people can't make you happy. You've got to find your peace, Gandhi says, from within. And he goes on to say, and I quote, and peace and peace to be real must be unaffected by outside circumstances. If things that happen around you impact or affect your peace, then you need to check out who you really are. Real peace is not impacted or affected by the things or the people in and out of your life. Listen, I've been, I've been waiting to preach this since I began this series. The Lord gave me this word and, and I was almost impatient and didn't want to, I wanted to do it earlier. He says, no, I want you to do it this Sunday. Sunday in which we dedicate children to the Lord. Sunday in which parents begin to contemplate how am I going to raise my family. Here's what God said to me. He said, it has been said that real peace, and I, and I believe this, real peace begins the moment you choose or the moment you decide not to allow anyone or any situation, listen to this, a little different than the previous statement, to control your emotions. If you are moody and other people can change your mood, you need to check yourself out. 
If you are easily influenced and easily persuaded to be up or down by the people who come in your life or what they do to you, then check yourself out. If any situation on your job, any little situation ruin your day, preach Pastor Jackson. If you wake up in the morning happy, you're happy on your way to work, but the moment you get to work, some demon has stole your peace or hijacked your joy, you need to check yourself out. Do not allow your emotions to be on a roller coaster. Because if people think they can control whether you are up or down, they will push your button all day long. If it's one thing that I've tried to incorporate in my life, is to tell people I may not prevent what they do to me, but I can control how I respond to what you do. Who am I preaching to? Just wave at somebody so you can't have my peace. <laughs> you, can't, you will not have my peace. Anybody want to make a commitment that folk will not hijack your peace it matters listen when we speak of peace we are talking for the purposes of today's message inner peace when we speak of inner peace we are referring to a state of mental and emotional confidence and a calmness listen to this despite what may be going on around us. We cannot control the stuff that happens around us. You had absolutely no control about COVID-19. You had no control about being relegated to your house for months and months at a time. But what you could control is how you reacted in your house. Who am I preaching to? You had no control of who sometimes occupied the White House. I know we can all vote, but that's one vote. At the end of the day, you got to depend on others to do that. And so I made up my mind a long time ago that I refused to allow anybody, even somebody with orange hair, to control whether or not I'm happy or not. Amen, somebody? I decided that every morning I wake up, it would be a good day. I decided, I don't care who I ran into at work, on the way to work, after work, I don't care what they said or did, I will declare that this is the day the Lord has made, and baby, I'm glad about it. I, I can't testify for you. Somebody ought to put one praise, one 10 second praise on I still have my peace. Come on somebody. I still have my peace. Life is short, y'all. And the older I get, 
I don't really like to be around people that are always shaking and always worried about stuff. I mean, I mean, that rubs off on you. If you got to spend your whole time, my good friend Otis, around people who are pessimistic and they wake up in the morning waiting on the next shoe to drop and wait on something bad to happen, be by yourself. Okay, I've just decided on the few years I've got left on this earth, I want to value every day I can. And I want to challenge every minute and every hour and every hour and every day. And I don't have my moments to waste on you. My peace is important. I'm preaching to somebody this morning who said, Pastor, I want to hold on to my peace. Peace is important. Now listen, it is important for us to note that the kind of peace that we are speaking of this morning is not necessarily the absence of conflict. We are not talking about a peace that is the absence of turmoil. But we are speaking of a sense, note this, a sense of calmness and confidence in the midst of conflict. In the midst of turmoil. Real peace thrive in the midst of conflict. Turmoil. Deacon Albert Simmons, my friend, you remember uh, the hammer from Alabama years ago. A great evangelist came to our church when I was a young boy. He preached a message called Blooming Under Pressure. And the hammer from Alabama said, you ever notice a blade of grass growing through the cement? All that pressure on it, it still finds a way to come through it. Ooh, who am I preaching to? Somebody in here has been just like that blade of grass and you've had things laid on you, put on you, stepped on you, but through it all you found a way to bloom under pressure. You know how to come through it and still smile. Take a licking and keep ticking. You know how to say I still have my peace. You know how to go through all the things you've been through and still give God your best praise. In fact, you save your best praise for your worst days. You know how to praise God the best when you're not feeling the best. You've got 10 seconds to put your best praise on. Tell God, thank you for my peace. Thank you. This kind of peace is the kind of peace that Daniel displayed when he was placed in a den of lions. This kind of peace was the kind of peace that three young men known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego placed in a fiery furnace walked around loose giving God the praise. This kind of peace is the kind of peace that Paul and Silas displayed in a Philippian jail cell. They decided to have church in jail. Praise God so much that the jail shook and the chains 
broke. <laughs> Can I preach? Let me preach. I feel like preaching. Tell your neighbor the jail will shake. Chains will break if you trust God. This is the kind of peace that Jesus, on the night he was portrayed, displayed in a garden uh, when he bowed down before the Lord and said, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but let your will be done. This kind of peace that Paul writes about in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 7. When he says this, he said, God's peace, uh, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace, somebody say his peace, will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Problem is, we've been seeking other people's peace. We need to seek God's peace. Somebody say, God's peace. Every now and then, you ought to just throw your hands up and say, Lord, I thank you for peace. Here's how the old church put it. They used to stand up and testify, giving honor to God, who's ahead of my life. And I didn't understand it. In fact, I used to laugh at him, Deacon Moore. Happy birthday, by the way. Uh, they would say, giving honor to God, who's ahead of our life. Then they would say, and I thank God for keeping me with a sound mind. I didn't know what they meant, but the older I got, the more bills I got, trying to raise teenagers, I said, Lord, I thank you for a sound mind. Anybody want to give God a praise for a sound mind? Then they would say, and God is a heart fixer. And God is a mind regulator. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If God has ever been your mind regulator, you ought to clap those hands and tell the Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. You didn't have to do it. Woo! Lord, I thank you. Listen, in the text, me get to the text because I feel kind of preachy this morning. I know, I know you got to get up out of here, but it's a dangerous thing to give a preacher a week off. I mean, I feel like preaching today. Listen, in the text, the prophet Isaiah writes this incredible text. In fact, he writes this incredible book of Isaiah. The text the whole entire book was written, and I need to put this in some context for you. It was written to the southern kingdom of Judah. 
during a very difficult time in their life. And here's the context. Israel had been split. Rehoboam, Jeroboam. Uh, the northern kingdom had already been destroyed. But Judah, and y'all excuse me, I ain't trying to be deep. I just want you to get this, okay? Judah represented the praisers. Uh, my Bible scholars see where I'm going. Judah were the ones in Chronicles when King Jehoshaphat came under attack. And God says, here is the strategy. Send Judah first. Put your praisers up front. And when Judah praised God, it confused the enemy. And the enemy turned on each other. Because Judah represented praisers. But even praisers get discouraged. May I preach? Even worshipers at times get a little dismayed. They become heartbroken. And so God raises up the prophet Isaiah to write this incredible 40 chapter book. And in it he encourages the people of Judah. Says to them, I know you're always leading others, but God needs to encourage you. So in this book, the prophet Isaiah persistently challenged the people of Judah to continue to faithfully worship and serve the only true and living God. Despite what they may be going through. See, the Babylonians were on the verge of overtaking the people of Judah. And Isaiah says, listen, you're about to go through some things. But he writes in chapter 8, verse 13, and the first clause of verse 14, he says, make the Lord of heaven's army holy in your life, for he is the one you should fear and not the Babylonians. He is the one that you, that should make you tremble. But then I like that first clause of verse 14. It says, he will keep you safe. Isaiah writes all kinds of things in this book. Jumping to verse chapter 40, you know that iconic verse. He writes, but they that wait upon the Lord. In fact, back it up. Before he gets there, he says, Has thou not heard? Has thou not known? That the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth, fainteth not. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the weak and to them who have no might. He increases their strength. He goes on to say, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint in other words stay encouraged 
and wait on the Lord. But then back to chapter 26. Uh, he writes in chapter 26, verses 1 and 2, he encourages them to understand that in the midst of whatever happens in their life, God will protect them and God will cover them and God will keep them from total destruction. Please note, he did not say that you won't go through something. He just says it will not totally <laughs> take you out. Ooh, I'm preaching to somebody. He did not say that the enemy will not come in like a flood. But he says, but when he comes in like a flood, the Lord will lift up a standard against your enemy. How many of you know that when you go through it, you've got someone to go to? And so Isaiah wanted him to know that. But then in chapter 26 and verse 3, and I said to the congregation this morning at 8, uh, it is not often that I ask you to memorize the scripture. There are many verses I tell you to put in your memory bank. But Isaiah 26 and 3 needs to be marked, written down, highlighted in your Bibles, on your desk, in your wallet, in your pocket, somewhere. Because there will be times in your life in which the enemy will come in to hijack your peace. You need to have a word for the enemy. <laughs> Amen, somebody. What gets the devil's attention is not always your dancing, your jumping and shouting. In fact, he can even put up with your singing because he used to do that himself. Somebody caught that? He used to be a worship leader himself. But what he can't stand is the word of God. So when you confront the devil with the word of God, then you make him back up. Listen to what Isaiah writes in chapter 26, verse 3. We're going to read this, share three key insights, and we'll take our seats. Isaiah writes these iconic words, New Living Translation. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. Three key insights and I'm done. One thing, the first thing we should notice about this text. Take note of who the prophet Isaiah is speaking to and who he's speaking about. Uh, throughout the entire book, he writes to Judah. But in verse 3 of chapter 26, he speaks to God. Somebody just got it. There are times you can talk to others, but then there are times <laughs> you got to talk to God. Can I get a witness? There are times you can talk about others, then there are times you ought to talk about the God you serve. Listen to what he writes in the first key insight. He says, and I quote, you will. In other words, he's talking to and about God. 
There's some times in your life in which nobody in your family can help you. There are times in your life, no matter how many degrees, how much money is in your bank account, what titles you possess, it cannot do you any good. There comes a time in your life in which you've got to fall down on your knees and say, Father, I stretch my hand to thee. No other help I know. Anybody ever had to call on the name of the Lord? Don't y'all fool me now. Anybody ever had to call on the name of the Lord? What's his name? What's his name? Woo! Y'all got 10 seconds to act like you know who he is. Sometimes you've got to get off social media and tell your friends, if you don't hear from me in a couple days, just know that I'm all right. And you've got to spend a little time with Jesus because he will make it right. Anybody know how to spend time with the Lord? Get on your knees. Call on the name of the Lord. Second key insight, may I preach this, is this. The text declares that it is the Lord and he alone that will keep us in. Ooh, I highlighted these two words, not just peace. <laughs> Ooh, I'm pausing for a reason. Most people want a little peace, but you are praying for <laughs> perfect peace. So I read this text in its original language. I went back and put a little education at work, a little CIU at work, and read it in the Hebrew text. And the Hebrew text, Pastor Mac, does something very unique when it says perfect peace it uses the same word peace twice it says shalom shalom and I says I got you God says I'll give you double peace <laughs> I'm gonna put peace on your peace I'm gonna wrap you up in peace so if the first layer of your peace doesn't work, they've got to get through the next layer of your peace. Somebody shout perfect peace. Somebody say peace, 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 peace. Come on, come on, just say it like you mean it. Lord, wrap me up in peace. Give me a double portion of your peace. Shalom. Shalom. And then... The third and the final insight, and I don't want you to miss this one. 
because this one blessed me perhaps unlike anything has blessed me in a long time. God will keep in perfect peace all who trust in him and all whose thoughts are fixed on him. Here's what God told me one o'clock one morning. I put a qualifier in there. God says there's a qualifier because I don't want everybody who hears your sermon, Dara, to walk away and say, well, I got that perfect peace. God said, that's not what I said. Can I slow this down and you hear this text? God said, I don't want them to get so happy and start jumping and shouting about double peace, perfect peace. God says, I didn't say everybody would get it. Ooh. I put two qualifiers. The first qualifier is you've got to trust in God. Now listen to this next statement I'm going to make and we're putting it on the board. This one came. This was a shake me in my boots moment. There are times in which I'm preparing a sermon, Pastor Lawson, and God would drop something in my spirit that's a drop the mic. Shake me in my boots. God dropped this in my spirit. I was in bed. I woke up about 2 something, 2.30 in the morning. My wife says, are you all right? I say, I'm all right. Close the door. I went in my office. And God says, incorporate this in your message. My message had already been prepared. Deacon Porterfield. And God says, and I put a red star by it in my notes. And I want you to hear this. I don't want anybody to miss this. In order to enjoy the peace of God, we must first make peace with God that's right that's right clap those hands you will never enjoy and God dropped this in my spirit 231 morning I'm going Lord can I sleep he said no get up he says you will never enjoy the peace of God if you don't first make peace with God. Some of you have been running from your call. You've been running from what God has instructed you to do. You've been running from who you know you really are. And the reason you are confused is because you won't make peace with God. Two quick examples Two quick scripture references. Genesis chapter 32 verse 28, the NIV translation. There was a man who was born with the name of Jacob. And Jacob means treacherous one. He stole his brother's birthright. Jacob was treacherous, rude, deceitful. But Jacob knew there was a calling on his life. And he was restless 
all of his life could never get it together and he found out in order for me to enjoy the peace of God I've got to first make peace with God and the Bible says the angel of God visited Jacob you know the story and Jacob grabbed the angel and the angel said please let me go I've got to get back and Jacob says not until you change me I need you to change my name change who I am I'm ruthless I'm treacherous I've deceived my own family I, I, I can't ever enjoy the peace of God I need God to change me change me the angel of God the Bible calls it the man of God in the NIV translation says this your name will no longer be Jacob but I'm changing you to Israel you've been changed from the treacherous one to the blessed one somebody lift your hands and say change me Lord change me Lord look at what the scripture says because and I love this word this is why I chose this translation because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome Jacob went on to be one of the patriots of the Hebrew religion one of the ones that even today we say the father of Abraham Isaac and Jacob because he made peace with God some of you would never get there until you make peace with God you'll never sleep good at night you'll never find a relationship that works you'll never find a job that satisfies you no church will ever be good enough for you the issue is not the relationship of the church the issue is you and God Ooh, I, you, I talked to a young man just on last week and he was crying he said I want to give my life to the Lord and I said God has been waiting on you he says I've been wrestling with God all my life God says the only way you can have peace is that you've got to make peace with God last example is a man by the name of Jonah and I'm almost done Jonah chapter 1 and verse 3 and the first part of the verse is all I want to read and it says Jonah ran away from the Lord and because he ran from God he ended up in the belly of a large fish three days and three nights it wasn't until Jonah came to the realization that I can't run from God I can't continue to hide I must make peace with God and when Jonah made peace with God God gave Jonah his peace what are you saying Pastor Jackson all of your struggles all of your ups and downs perhaps the number one reason why is because you have not made peace
with God. God's calling you. God's inviting you. As you stand to your feet, the last point in this message is this. That last thing says, the qualifier, I told you there were two qualifiers. One, trust in him, make peace with him. The other qualifier is to eliminate all negative thinking. The text says, all whose thoughts are fixed on him. We must eliminate negative thinking as we keep our minds fixed on him and on what God has promised. You can't be obsessed with what you think bad may happen to you tomorrow. Or you will never enjoy the peace of God. You can't wake up in the morning and waiting for something bad to happen. You can't let any little thing make you afraid. Antoine talked last week in such a powerful way about being fearless. God has not given us the spirit of fear. You've got to eliminate negative thinking. Yes, things will happen to all of us. And yes, unless the rapture comes before we die, you will die. People in your family will transition on. Bad things do happen to good people. But you cannot be obsessed with it. You cannot dwell on it. You have to think of the goodness of Jesus Woo. and all he's done for me Any, anyone can change your thinking tell the Lord think I'm think I thank you because it could have been another way I thank you because as bad as it was something worse could happen listen as we prepare for the altar on last week my nephew Cedric's little son Chase, and I tell you this story, playing in the yard football with guys much bigger than him, a guy twice his size, oh, just playing football, fell down and crushed his pelvis in the hospital, Ooh, in a wheelchair right now. Chase, six, seven years old, talking to Cedric, talking to Patricia, crying, thinking about why did this happen? He called me and he says, Cedric says, Uncle Darrell, why all of these bad things happen? And I said, Lord, give me something to say. And God dropped this in my spirit, Mother. God says, Cedric, what if that boy three times the size of your son would have stepped in his chest and crushed his lungs? You may be planning his funeral and not his rehab. So you've got to learn how to thank God for the bad things that God kept from happening how many of you, as bad as what it is, knows that it could be worse? It could be worse. Somebody give God a hand of praise and say, Lord, I thank you. Come on, leave your seat. Meet me at this altar. Tell the Lord, thank you, thank you. Tell the Lord, thank you. When I think of his goodness, when I think of all that could have happened, should have happened, but God, 
but God, but God, it could have been another way. It could have been another. Woo. Come on. Somebody ought to give God your best praise. Someone ought to give God, give God. Come on in. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. As we prepare for this altar, ooh, as we prepare for this altar, ooh, listen to what the text says again. You, somebody just point your hands to God and I just want y'all to help me read this. Re read it, read it into the atmosphere. Say, you will keep me in perfect peace if I trust you and my thoughts are fixed on you if my mind is stayed on you listen Juanita Bynum wrote this powerful song which is our altar song this is a sacred time simply says you are my peace and I worship you. You have delivered my soul when the battle was against me and your promises you kept. That your word will set me free if I keep my mind on thee. You will keep me in perfect peace. Marsha and the praise and worship team right now this is a sacred moment nobody is your peace but God no job no relationship no income no career <laughs> no family member <laughs> no one is your peace please don't miss this but God come on you are
a favor. Close those eyes for yes, me. Lord. Yes, Lord. Lift those hands to God. Total surrender. Listen to this verse. This is your conversation with God. You will keep me. Make it personal. <laughs> I feel this, you all. I feel God. Uh, God is, someone is talking to God right now. You will keep me in perfect peace when I trust in you. When my thoughts or my mind, my mind is fixed on you. I can't worry about everything else. Cannot worry about what tomorrow may bring. I will not allow that to hijack my peace. Ooh, I hear this. And it's re, it is worth repeating. You can never enjoy the peace of God if you don't first make peace with God. Some of you, God has been calling you all your life. And you've ran away and you've had temporary things that made you feel okay. Alcohol, drugs, a good time. But here's what you've discovered. There is never enough alcohol to bring you the kind of peace that God can bring you. There will never be enough drugs. There will never be enough relationships. You can't party yourself into eternal peace. You have to make peace with God. This is not about joining a church because note, I did not say you have to join a church. Making peace with God is not becoming a member of Bible Way or any other church. Don't let anybody tell you that. Making peace with God is you standing before God and say, here I am, Lord. You're like Jacob. You're wrestling all night before God. Listen. One of my good friends wrote a book called Tonight We Wrestle. And he talked about Jacob's experience. And, and listen, Pastor Donald said this, Donald Wright says, every one of us need to have a night we say, God, this is the night I wrestle with you. Whatever you want to do in my life, do it. Make peace. Make peace with God. There are numbers on the screen for those of you that are joining us virtually. To those of you that are in this worship center, there are elders that are standing at the back of the church. They will confidentially pray with you. If you want to pray the prayer of salvation, they will lead you into how you could make peace with God. Don't let this moment pass you. Don't think God has forgotten about you. 
because God hasn't forgotten about you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, we thank you for this series. We thank you for this word. Just one word for this week. The word is peace. Perfect peace. Shalom, shalom. Double peace. Thank you, Lord. Because in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of everything we're going through, it could have been another way. Thank you, Lord. Although we may have experienced some bad news, but the good news is that the bad news could have been worse. And we say thank you. Thank you for protecting us. Thank you for covering us. <laughs> but we declare and decree on this week, the week of November the 7th, the year 2021, we declare that nothing or no one this week will still or hijack our peace. And Lord, if we can do it for this week, we can do it for the next week and the next week and the next month and the next years. It's already done. We thank you in advance. This is our prayer. In your name we pray and give thanks. Everybody that loves the Lord said amen. Come on and tell them right now as you return to your seat, you are... Come on, let's celebrate the Word of God on this afternoon. What an awesome message from Pastor Jackson. Peace. Amen. All week long, just one word. Peace. As we prepare to go into our Holy Communion service, our praise team is going to give us a selection while we prepare our sacraments. Those of you at home, if you want to participate in Holy Communion with us. We'll give you a chance to go ahead and get your sacraments together, and then we'll come back and we'll read our scripture and we administer communion. Share for me. 
stand as we prepare to go into our Holy Communion. Our scripture says that when he had given thanks, he break it and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. As we prepare to take partake in this Holy Communion, those of you that are at home, if you would stand in reverence, if you can, of the Holy Communion, those of us in our worship center are already standing. And Jesus said on the same night in which he was betrayed, the scripture says on the same night in which he was betrayed, Jesus said, take, eat, this is my body which has been broken. This cup is in the testament in my blood which has been shed. For as often as you do this, you do it in remembrance of me. Let us commune. Amen. Thank you so much. We would just like to say before we pronounce our benediction that on the 16th of this month is a very important election. Many of you heard the news about the city mayor race and, and city council race. We're not endorsing any candidate, but we want you to go out, those of us that live in the city, and vote. Make sure that you vote in that election. Amen. As we pronounce the benediction. Okay, we're going to ask if our praise team will um, go ahead and, and, and go ahead and sing. Pastor Jackson wants to come out and share some stuff as we prepare for the benediction. Sister Marsha can lead us into that song once again. Hey, yeah. Amen. You can stand at this time. Don't forget that next Sunday is our 58th church anniversary and 25th pastoral anniversary. We have some things outside uh, that you can gather to put in your yard. Some really nice signs celebrating our anniversary this week. And then come out and help us celebrate at 8 and at 11 what God has done. With uplifted hands, baby Christian, and to those of you that got your baby Christian, there a special package outside that we have for you with a certificate and with the anointing oil that Pastor Jackson and Pastor Willie May has prayed over. With uplifted hands, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much. God, we thank you for this wonderful service. We thank you, God, for the word peace 
Now, God, we thank you for our holy communion. Dismiss us from this place, never from your presence. Let us find peace as we return to our destination. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's children said amen.